0: In my clinical work, I don't remember how many times I asked a female client to check out for potential sleep apnea, and they told me, well, I don't snore, there's no way I can have it, right? You know, women actually are facing a very unique ways of experiencing sleep disorders. For example, women do not snore can still have sleep apnea. Also, there are more women experiencing insomnia than men. So how can we understand sleep health among women and what's unique about it? Today, we have expert on this topic, Dr. Carol Yuan DeClure. She is a board-certified sleep physician from New Jersey. Let's learn from her what sleep health looks like among women and what we should pay attention to.
1: Hello, Dr. Yuan Declare. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hi, Isan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Me too. So I know you're an expert in working with
0: a lot of women about their sleep problems. So first, I'm really curious. Uh, You told me you grew up in Taiwan, then moved to America. What did you, uh, how did you decide to go into the field to be a sleep doctor?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, was, uh, it wasn't it was a decision that came to me right away. So I grew up in Taiwan, like you said, and when I was 17, to me, in looking back, it seemed like my parents made the decision to have uh, my twin sister and I, he, they send us to the States for high school and college. So I came here uh, for senior year of uh, freshman. We were in Indiana. We went to uh, Indiana University. There, my sister and I, we decided that uh, after college, we wanted to do something completely different because growing up as twins, we're used to people always getting us mixed up. So she went to business, and I decided to pursue medicine. I went to New York, the place at the time where I thought was uh, up and happening, compared to Indiana at least. So I went to Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which is in the Bronx, New York. Not, It is part of the five borough of New York City, but in my mind, I thought I was going to Manhattan. I didn't know the difference. <laughs> In medical school, I was fascinated by pulmonary, uh, which is the the lungs. The physiology was very interesting, and I also like critical care, which is very fast-paced and uh, taking care of critically ill patients. So I decided to uh, go into internal medicine and then pursue subspecialty in pulmonary critical care. And during fellowship, which is where I had the, the additional training in pulmonary and critical care, as, as fellows, we had a lot of exposure to, to sleep medicine because even today, you'll see that most sleep doctors uh, came from a pulmonary background. And that that goes back to sleep medicine as it originally started, the disorder that People were interested in was was sleep apnea, which was really a breathing issue uh, during sleep. In fellowship, I had a lot of training and experience in sleep. And that's how I became interested. It was just fascinating that something that seems to be in activity, something that we're not doing, but actually has uh, so much impact uh, on our life and on how our bodies work. So I decided to pursue another year of uh, fellowship in, in sleep medicine. That's uh, how everything, everything started.
0: Yeah, that's really a fascinating journey. And just like you said, yes, yeah, sleep apnea, it's, it's, it's so interesting when we are asleep, right? We are not aware what's going on, but our body may have difficulties actually breathing Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that I know that possibly impact a lot of our health, a lot of other things. And I know you right now you work with women a lot. Your special interest is in, uh, sleep apnea among women. So is there any difference between women and men when they have sleep apnea? Yeah,
1: there is actually a big difference. Difference, both in terms of diagnosis, symptoms, and, and the consequence of having sleep apnea. So, first of all, symptoms. So, when, when we think of sleep apnea, the general picture we have in mind is someone who's a, a man who's overweight, who's a little bit older and very tired and falling asleep. In women, the picture is very different. Usually, the symptoms that women complain is not so much that they're they're sleepy or snoring but it's more feeling tired and sometimes could be mood issues like feeling depressed uh, having anxiety so because the complaints are so different oftentimes it's the patient themselves may not be aware that it's a sleep problem uh, Other times, it's the the providers sometimes can, can miss the diagnosis. When it is diagnosed, we know that sleep apnea in women tend to be milder, at least in terms of numbers. So sleep apnea, the severity is scored based on how many times the person stops breathing at night. The more frequent, it's more severe. So women, it tends to be that The stopping breathing itself doesn't happen as frequently, but that doesn't mean that the symptoms that women experience is less severe. It's just on paper, the numbers looks looks milder. That may translate to a difference in how women respond to treatment. Because from, from what we know is that for milder sleep apnea, usually there are more treatment options. One option that people might be familiar or might have heard of it is CPAP, the the machine, the the mask. Definitely a very effective, helpful treatment. But when it's mild sleep apnea, but other things like oral appliance or some of these other devices or positional therapy, which is sleeping in different positions, can all work. So, So women need to know that potentially there are more options uh, for for most women who have sleep apnea. Mm,
0: I totally agree uh, with you about the diagnosed part. As a psychologist myself, I can totally imagine if I don't have any training with sleep medicine uh, or behavioral sleep medicine, if I don't know about sleep apnea very well, then women come in for mood situations, right? and they also not snore, and uh, who gonna think that there yes. may be some other type of sleep disorder in the picture. A lot of women may complain, I'm tired because I have so many things, I have to take care of children, I have to work, and, and right. I, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. I may just uh, go with there, like mood disorder. Okay, let's see how, how what we can do. But really the big picture may be missed down there if there are sleep disorders in the picture. And also if the number is low, I don't know whether there's any woman will look at that think, oh, I'm fine. This uh, this mm-hmm. is nothing, I don't need to do much about
1: it. Yeah, I think that is part of the complicating factor is if the symptoms point towards sleep apnea, whether it's tired, it's snoring, if they have that syndrome of sleep apnea, but the test number doesn't really support it or it just mildly supports it, then is there a correlation between the two? Sometimes it's a matter of try and see. So it's, it's a discussion that I would have with my female patients and just say, you know, you're definitely very much affected by whatever problem you have. You're, you're tired. Um, you have memory issues, you feel fatigued. And you know the test here does suggest that there's some sleep disorders, there's, there's sleep apnea maybe going on. I mean, I don't know how much the sleep apnea is contributing to your symptoms, but if we, we both agree, we might give it a try. We'll have you try treatment for a certain period of time, four to six weeks, let's say, and then we'll see where you are at that point and and go from there.
0: Mm, I like that. So sounds like if any of our listeners are female, if they're listening, uh, when you check out, maybe you only have a mild sleep apnea, the number may be lower, but still worth trying different treatment options to, to try to manage the symptom somewhat.
1: Yeah, it's never, especially for women, it's not ever one thing that would make the decision. It's a combination of factors. If the symptoms warrant treatment, then regardless of what the, the tests show, I mean, of course, it, it if it shows everything's completely normal, then maybe it is something else. And on the other hand, it's because treatment for sleep apnea, unless you're going for surgery, most of the time it's mechanical, which means that, number one, we can, it doesn't have a lot of side effects. And number two, when you stop treatment, we don't have to worry about rebound uh, or other withdrawal type of effects. So it, it makes trying a more practical, reasonable option.
0: Oh, okay. Then if if a female client or uh, patient tell you that, well, um, I don't think this gonna, I'm just tired and that's that's manageable right? What's that going to do to my health? Do I really need to go through all this trouble, even though it's possibly not that bad a treatment, um, but I don't want to consider that. So I'm wondering how sleep apnea may affect females' health. Do they do something to their health, even if it's mild?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So this is not just sleep apnea, but any sleep disorder, it affects our Our bodies, and if we can look at it in in two categories. One is medically. If we don't treat it, is it going to cause or result in any health issues? And and the other part of it is quality of life. If we don't treat it, how much of the, the sleep disorder that we found is related to these symptoms that you have that's affecting? how you go about your day to day. And when we treat the disorder, is the reason to improve your health and or to improve your quality of life? Sometimes it could be both and sometimes it could be just one of those two.
0: Wow, I really like this, this way of thinking, right? Quality of life and the the medicine part
1: of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We do know, at least what we know so far, it does seem that mild sleep apnea does not have as strong as an association with these health complications as the more severe sleep apnea. So potentially we can say that if, if someone has just mild sleep apnea, uh, then the reason to pursue treatment is less because of the health complications, but the potential of improving how they feel on a day-to-day basis. And it's not just how they feel, but we know that poor sleep also affects your performance at your work and also your relationships, your emotion. All of that is is quality of life.
0: Definitely. I think I interviewed some uh, female guests before they have sleep apnea themselves. Sometime took them more than 10 years to really got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, but after they really received the treatment, some of them definitely felt like it changed their life. And they never mm-hmm. feel so refreshed and so, so much energy. They always thought it like, you know, fatigue, tired, low energy, just the normal. They are just different than right. other people. But then when they find the right diagnose, receive the right treatment, they did experience something different.
1: Yeah, I, I do see that a lot that where patients come in because they've lived with the condition for so long. Part of what they feel has become normalized, like you said, and and they don't know, they they don't remember what it was like uh, maybe in, in the very beginning. And it's only after they started treatment, then they're like, Wow, I, I forgot this is how what normal is supposed to feel.
0: Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of sad um, when they are normalizing this uh, negative. Experience, right? If you like, oh, that's just my the story of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I can only handle maybe half of the workload or a family responsibilities than many other people or than my friends. It's just me. I'm just a weak body or I'm easy to get sick. I just easy to feel tired. But if it's something they can improve, it's I can see that such a empowering thing for, for themselves. Internally, they feel stronger,
1: better about themselves. Absolutely. And this is how insomnia can happen is when then they develop behaviors compensating for their poor sleep. So leaving a particular sleep disorder, in this case, and we were if we're focusing on sleep apnea, but leaving one sleep disorder and, and treat it can oftentimes lead to something else. And now you have two sleep problems that's affecting sleep. It makes sleep even worse just because one sleep problem was not addressed adequately in time.
0: That's a very good point. I haven't thought about that, but I, while, while you are talking, I can imagine someone, if they have sleep apnea, then they possibly have pretty poor sleep quality at night, no matter how long they sleep, during the daytime, they are tired. I know a lot of time when people feel tired during the daytime, they tend to lay down, try to rest, and then they may fall asleep. Uh, so they nap quite a lot <laughs> during the daytime. <laughs> and what happens at night? Of course, they are not as sleepy, right? Yes. Now they have difficulties falling asleep. Right. And, uh, and once they fall asleep, they cannot breathe well, so the sleep quality is still low. And yeah. then just repeat, repeat. I know for insomnia. A lot of people not only nap a lot, they also avoid social activities. The, they, they even don't move anymore. They don't yeah. see people. They don't do physical exercise. They want to protect their energy. Uh,
1: it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. The snowball is just rolling bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah. So talking about that, I'm very curious. I want to get your insight of that. When I uh, treat insomnia, I sometimes quote the research and educate my patients that you know women actually have higher prevalence of having insomnia than men. Uh, even though I quote this research, and I know the percentage is much higher. It's like two times than men. But I, I don't quite know why exactly. I, I read some research, but I want to hear more from you. Is that still true? Is that, what do you think the reason or the science behind this? Why women are more likely to have insomnia than men?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely true. There's it's a higher prevalence of sleep ap- uh, insomnia in women and women are at higher risk. And I think we can look at this from multiple different angles. One of it is just, it's being woman. And by that, I mean, our bodies are not just smaller version of men, but it's completely different. Hormone fluctuations. Every woman has to go through, starting at a very young age, starting at puberty. That's when we start to see differences between sexes and sleep because hormone changes has direct impact on the sleep architecture, sleep quality, and people's subjective, how how they feel about sleep. So we know that periods can affect sleep architecture where there's actually suggestion that there's less REM sleep when people have their periods. And there's definitely, Higher awake, more awakenings. People wake up more uh, and maybe more nightmares, more fatigue related to having periods. So that's the monthly hormone fluctuations every woman experiences that can affect sleep, that can potentially cause insomnia. Then there is pregnancy. And I think we can just look at uh, a pregnant woman just. Physically, we know, we can understand how that can impact sleep because it's uncomfortable. As the uh, baby grows uh, towards the third trimester, research does show that sleep quality gets progressively worse through pregnancy, and not to mention the significant hormone changes in that time that can affect sleep. After the baby is born, it's definitely not the end of the story. And we know that sleep actually gets worse.
0: Yeah, that's uh, feels like a start of a disaster for a lot of parents. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That that's actually a lot of times it's actually the trigger for someone for insomnia. The hormone significantly now drops, a dramatic change in hormone levels, and now there's a newborn. You know, nursing and just adapting to the the newborn's sleep schedule, now becoming a parent, um, all of that had directly impact sleep. And then maybe when the kids are finally grown and, and the sleep pattern maybe now more stable, the women start to, to go through menopause. And even though the, the average age for uh, women in the United States of, of menopause is early 50, but we know that sleep problems related to menopause can start before that. And those are three problems like waking up at night, can't fall asleep, feeling fatigued. These are what I look at are the, the three hallmarks of how, because of being a woman, these are the extra challenges that we face, menstrual cycle, pregnancy, menopause. Then the other lens that's causing this, this problem of, of women more prone to having insomnia is Social factors. Women uh, unproportionately are the ones who are responsible for carrying on the the burden of unpaid labor. We are caregivers at home as mothers or as wives. We know what we're talking about. And, And that all cuts into our sleep time physically and also just the mental, physiologic burden of playing that role. That could contribute to insomnia as well. It's really many different factors that's causing this this issue of of women and and insomnia.
0: Right. Wow. Overall, just uh, after you explain all that, I just feel like being a woman (laughs) is so hard.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard. That's why we need each other to support each other. And that's why I feel that as a, woman physician that I have the privilege and also the responsibility to be in touch with this issue and help women understand how we're different and how we can, uh, based on what we know, how we can uh, address these issues.
0: Yeah, that's amazing work. I really admire you actually focus more on women's health and women's uh sleep health in general. Rarely I say sleep doctors or doctors in other fields distinguish it so clearly. Even when I study sleep related topics, um it's it's not really well how we treat women, how we treat men. There's not a lot of guidelines or These two genders are so different, but when you really look at each disorder, sleep disorders, especially sleep apnea, there's a huge difference, and a lot of education needs to be
1: done to the public. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a huge difference, uh, which we are just starting to know because most of the uh, medical research and even uh, science research in general has used men as the the prototype. And a lot of the things that we take for granted is actually based on men's bodies. In focusing on women, part of it is based on intuition, just we know common sense, so to speak, that we just know it. it, it should not, it cannot be the same. Uh, and other part is with more and more researchers and um, scientists, doctors, now, starting uh, to separate the genders and look at how these differences affect different disorders and treatment. And based on that, we can start to apply what we know on the problems that we have.
0: Great. I'm so happy that start more doctors start realizing it because just based on this limited information you shared, sounds like it really should be treated differently or the doctors need to have really different knowledge base to understand uh, what's going on in each gender population.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I have to admit, my, for myself, for a long time, I, I didn't appreciate or was aware of of the difference. And a lot of it came from just being in the day-to-day grind of seeing patients and and observing how men and women come in and oftentimes tell me very different stories. For example, one thing I observed is men, the reason they come and see a sleep doctor is because their wives have complained. <laughs> their wives couldn't take it anymore whereas the the women are here because they they have been to different doctors and their their doctors have done all the different testings and haven't been able to come up with uh, anything diagnostic um, then they think well may, why don't you see a, a sleep doctor and and see if that they can come up with something that potentially may explain you feeling so tired all the time.
0: That's so interesting, the motivation for men and women coming to treatment. I heard so many. <laughs> uh, even for me, I um I treat insomnia, right? Uh, if for for men with insomnia, they, they don't snore, but still when they cannot fall asleep, they still impact their bed partners. So some men come to see me for insomnia treatment also was pushed in by their wives. <laughs> Their wives cannot take it anymore to, to live with someone cannot sleep well and always complain about sleep. So, yeah. yeah, so I feel like even being a woman is very hard, but women are so important in, in yeah. our lives. They, Absolutely. they are so important for each Individual families, right? That's why the old saying,
1: happy wife, happy life, is so, <laughs> so makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's also why, when we can help women get better sleep, it's not just that the woman who benefits, but it's the entire family. And women being the backbone of our society, and really, it, it's that the whole society benefits.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally agree. This is amazing. So um, if our listeners are listening, no matter they are men, want to uh, help their wives or their daughters, their girlfriends, or our listeners are women in general. So do you have any last wisdom you really want to use this chance to pass to our our listeners?
1: Yeah, I would say know that Women are are unique. If you feel your intuition, your sleep is not as good as you where you want it to be, ask your doctor. So start with asking question and ask for help. Because a lot of times we can help. And there are things that we can do to help you get better sleep and become a better sleeper.
0: Great. So resources there, help is there. If, you know, other doctors cannot find anything, don't lose hope. Think about sleep also. It's it's a one possibility. So I'm, Dr. Yuan Decler, I know you just started your own private practice. So if our listeners want to find your practice and seek your help,
1: how can they find you? Sure. So my website is www.yuendeCluor.com. B-H-A-I-SleepHealth.com.
0: Great. I will put your website to our show notes. So whoever listened to this and in the description box, so people listen to this episode can find your link also. And I know you speak different language, right? Do you speak Mandarin, English? Do you speak any other language? Uh, I speak uh, Mandarin and English. Okay, great. So our listeners, if you know anyone uh, speak either of this language, need a sleep doctor, and especially if you have any specific questions about um, women's sleep health, you can all look for uh, Dr. Ruan Dickler's website to find her practice. Thank you, doctor, for coming to the show today.
1: Thank you, Isan. Thank you.
0: If you want to seek Dr. Carol's service or book a consultation session with her, you can check out her website at bhaisleephealth.com. I actually also host Clubhouse Room with Dr. Carol every Monday at 7 p.m. PST time. It's Q&A session for one hour every Monday evening in Chinese. If you're interested, You are welcome to come to our Clubhouse room. You can follow me at Yishan Xu on Clubhouse, and then you will get notified. I will put all the information on the show note at deepintosleep.co as well. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Yishan. I will see you in two weeks.
1: Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.
0: Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you,